All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of High Resolution Life. I am here with Amy Podolitz. <gasps> you were so wrong. <laughs> I was so wrong, Podolitz. I pulled a Larry. Almost there. You almost had it. Podolitz. That's better. I'll take that. Okay, so Amy, how do we say your name? Amy Podolitz. Amy Podolitz. Podolitz. Yes, Podolitz. Oh. Think podo and then let's and then put it together. It almost reminds me of a hobbit. I don't know why I want to say that, but <laughs> you're not the first person who has said that about really. Me, yeah, Podolitz. Podol- yeah, my friend. My friend had a um, like called me Frodo Pododo for a while. Like that was my nickname in college for a little bit. Was so, Frodo Dodo. So I just have to think Frodo in order to Pado. But right, Podolitz. Well, it had more to do with the fact of like I just walked around barefoot a lot throughout college, so she was like, "It's, it's Frodo Pododo." <laughs> so, do you do you have big feet too? I don't think no, you do. No, I have no. I have. I'm about eight. I I think I wear eight size eight eight and a half shoe. Depends. Oh, and you're like what five five? Uh, five two and a half. Five, Almost two. there. Okay. Still kind of short. See, well, I can't, I cannot defer as any kind of Lord of the Rings expert. I've seen one movie and I watched the Tolkien movie, the autobiographical one, or, well, the biographical movie. So I'm definitely not someone who can speak with authority on any of this. Right. But anyway, now I can say your name, Amy Podolitz. Yeah. Just think oh. Podolitz and put it Pod- together. Podolitz. Mm-hmm. Podolitz. Yes closer yeah yeah yeah. Podolitz. Podolitz. yeah you'll you'll get there kind of like when people say lancaster but it's lancaster Podolitz. yeah oh there you go see now okay so i got it this time you got that time we've been friends for over a year and i screwed (laughs) your name up everyone does i'm a terrible i'm a everyone does People have known me for like years and people still screw up our last name. Don't take it personally. <laughs> well, anyway, so I have Amy. I'm just going to make that much easier on myself. I have Amy here on our very first episode of High Resolution Life Late Night Edition podcast. <gasps> it's a Friday night. It's 11.05 p.m. and we're recording a podcast. It's so late and let me tell you, I'm exhausted, but we're going to have fun. <laughs> But we're going to do it. So um, Amy is here to inform me on, uh, first and foremost, anime and some of the things that sprout out as subcultures of anime. What are some of the other anime subcultures? Um, well, cosplay. There's cosplay? Um, there is, I guess if we want to go into the furry land, I'm not really educated in furries, but we could. Um there's that and uh nerd culture um even sci-fi stuff um like people who are real big nerds and like video games even too branching out into that so it's, it's a wide field of things so we're gonna see where the breeze takes us for an hour so or ish you know how long we're gonna make it because we yeah. talk a we- lot we do, and then we mm-hmm. don't quite know where the talk is going to take us. So we're going to see where where that takes us. But, um, excuse me, I've had a lingering cough, and it's not COVID. <coughs> oh, 
it's 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 just a cough it's probably just allergies like everybody else (laughs) yeah pretty much now we gotta worry about it oh can you see my cat (laughs) oh baby (laughs) for those of you who cannot see this stella she just jumped in she's like hey mom i love cats so much you have no idea Look how cute. She's so pretty. I love them so much. I can't wait to come back over again so I can pet your cats. I know, right? <laughs> they are so sweet. I love my cats. But um, so uh, I ran into an is- interesting thing with anime. I was talking to my friend Jeff, who has been on the podcast twice now by the time this Hmm, my cat's in the way. By the time this podcast has been released, I love you, honey, but you gotta, okay, thank you. Um, so Jeff has been on for a couple episodes, two so far right now, and he talked to me about Mobile Gundam, uh, Mobile Gundam, it's something with robots, I'm totally butchering it, and he talked about how anime, a lot of anime is a response to World War II, mm-hmm. so anyone who has maybe a, a completely blind perspective on anime amy could you tell people what anime is so they're kind of like oh why would anime have a response to world war ii what is going on with that um anime is uh japanese animation um it is just uh your regular old like animated tv shows that you might see in america right but they're animated in japanese um art style and whatnot um, how it affects World War II. Um, well, obviously in World War II, if we don't know what happened in World War II, there was a lot that happened that uh, Japan was involved with, a lot. So in response to that, and in a more um, comforting way, um, and, you, and even World War II spanned through the 80s and 60s all of that like it it really hurt japan for a long time so as a comfort um anime was created as in a response to help people feel better and to help people feel more safe and comforted so that's originally what most anime started okay Um, so it started with that. So like for me, my first introduction to anime was as maybe like a seven or eight year old girl into Sailor Moon. How, uh, well, you said you, how much you loved Sailor Moon. I love Sailor Moon. So did you analyze any of the themes that were in Sailor Moon? Like I was just into it because it was just, it was a bunch of young women. I love the anime style. Mm-hmm. I, I think even to the time that I'm 30 years old, I cannot even put into words why I was attracted to it so much. But now I know by studying Carl Jung and knowing that we have the hero story archetypes and then making sense of the destruction and everything that happened in World War II, because that was also something that I was used to and also drawn into as a young girl growing up with everybody in my family having grown up through World War II. I don't know, like what, what age was your like ancestors did were they part of the greatest generation or how would you categorize them um i mean i guess they were part of the greatest generation i i really don't really know too yeah i mean i really i really don't know too much about my ancestors to really talk too much about it i will say if you're if we're talking about sailor moon um it was very much a more 90s early 2000s show Mm -hmm. um so it wasn't 
it, it, I don't think it really had too much to do with World War II at that time, because at that point, um, people were still getting over it in a way. So, okay. But I will say with Sailor Moon, um, if you think about the early 2000s and how um, we were still having problems with women's rights and whatnot, um, it really showed that a strong woman can go out there and, and fight and do what she can to make something of herself. And I think that's something that children needed at that time. And even like adults too, at that time kind of need that comforting. So, I mean, if we're talking about Sailor Moon, I think we need to look in that too, in the sense of, well, what happened during that time? What happened during the nineties? So, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely felt that whenever I was a kid, I'm not sure where that came from, where that influence was, because how do we really fully know ourselves? Mm-hmm. But in the 90s, there was definitely, I never thought of myself as a woman like, oh, I can't be on equal stance with a guy. I never grew up feeling that way. I know we have a mm-hmm. couple years difference between you and I, but did you ever grow up feeling that sort of like, oh, I, I'm not capable of doing everything else that a man is capable of within reason, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, not quite, I would say. I mean, I know that, um, I mean, I grew up in a family where I'm like one of seven children. So. Oh, geez. Um, so, I mean, it's very much like everybody shares equally and like you figure it out yourself, like fend for yourself kind of thing. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I mean, not necessarily for me, I had a lot of strong women in my life and I still do. So, I mean, not necessarily for me, but I did see it in other people's lives. So, cause I know there was a lot of people who got turned down a lot, a lot of women that got turned down a lot. So I've seen it, not necessarily have I been through it, but I've seen it. Right. Yeah. So that was, there was definitely, I don't know how much of it was like a chicken before the egg scenario when it came to yeah. Sailor Moon. It's like, was I drawn to it because I already had that strong women in my background? I was just drawn to that narrative because I was used mm-hmm. to that and I was raised that way and I was told well, it, it wasn't even that I was even told. I just saw strong women in my life. I was raised by strong women, like my mm-hmm. mom, my sister, my grandma, all those different people. And then, it, and how do we fully know that? But I remember growing up and I really liked Sailor Moon. So what was your favorite thing about that? And I didn't even know it was an anime. I just knew it was a cartoon that wasn't from America. So what drew you to Sailor Moon? Was that your first introduction to anime? Elaborate more on that. (laughs) Actually, no. My first introduction to a Japanese animated show was probably actually Dragon Ball Z. What? Which is mostly because I grew up with my brothers who (laughs) loved Dragon Ball Z. So, I mean, that's what I grew up with. I grew up with um, Hamtaro um the hamsters mm-hmm. i actually have a sweatshirt like i should have wore it it's over it's over yonder um, <laughs> i can bring it over later um but it's a. Uh, I i was really obsessed with hamtaro um i love sailor moon um i watched so much dragon ball z there was naruto which i watched um but i think dragon ball z was the very first and Hamtaro, like kind of like Dragon Ball Z and Hamtaro were like the two main um, anime, uh, Japanese anime stuff that I watched as a child was, that was my main thing. I think what drew me to those is that Hamtaro was like that lovable, 
you know, uh, animal. Adorable tiny yeah. hamster. Right. Which <laughs> made me think of like all my stuffed animals that I had and how much that comforted me so much. So it was probably in the sense of like, I found comfort in stuffed animals. Yeah. So when I watched Hamtaro, I thought about my stuffed animals that I had. And so that comforted me. Aww. So <laughs> now for the uh, Dragon Ball Z, which is like a whole oh other so field. Tell, yeah, tell people what Dragon Ball Z is because, you know, yeah. Yeah, well, Dragon Ball Z, well, yeah, Dragon Ball Z, it's a violence-oriented <laughs> show. I wouldn't say it's that violent if we're comparing it to other anime that was be- even before this. Um, but if we're talking about children anime, Dragon Ball Z is probably the most violent. There's a lot of screaming in it. It's um, sci-fi fantasy mixed into one thing. Um, how do I even explain Dragon Ball Z? I don't oh, think I've ever I... tried to explain Dragon Ball. Okay, well, this, like, just... so there's these very muscular characters in there, right? Right, right. And just the, think and of they're like screaming Kamehameha. I don't know, like what what is Kamehameha? It Kamehameha. Uh, they, uh, and there's Super Saiyans and whatnot. I mean, there's, it's just, it's well, okay. a show. Dragon Ball Z. So there's a ball and there's a dragon and explain the dragon and the Z part. <laughs> okay. 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 So, so basically these characters are trying to find the seven dragon. I, I think there's seven. It's been a very long time since I watched it, but I think there's seven balls that they have to find and because it's to um, please this dragon, I think it's a deity, dragon deity. Um, and this dragon deity, th- this was his balls. And in order to find these balls and to get them back to him, they can gain this great power. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's adventure, it's fantasy, it's kind of sci-fi-y. Um, it's got a really interesting characters, good character development. Right. good plot i mean it's still going today episodes are still coming out today so <laughs> it's a popular show i mean but it's it started with dragon ball dragon ball z dragon ball z kai and then i think dragon ball zero i think it's called i have to look i don't remember there's so many dragon ball series so <laughs> it was just not it was not my thing like i'll be straight up i'm just like yeah uh... no it's <laughs> it's especially it was well it was meant to be a guy's anime it was meant to be a you're not kidding show so i mean it was about the the mighty men and like fighting and um friendship friendship was always linked into like 90s shows if you've ever noticed bronus yes bronus (laughs) big bros the dudes i was just being a jerk and i'm just like the bros yes the bros that's exactly what it was i mean like and even in sailor moon it was the same thing the girls the the, the gals the chicks yeah the gals they were getting together and they're having a good time and it's all about friendship same thing with hamtaro it was the same thing all about friendship and love and responsibility and trying to be good people (laughs) That's great. Well, I I had uh, I was actually this is so random. It wasn't tied in with anything with our podcast today. So your original introduction to anime was Dragon Ball Z and Hamtaro. Mine mm-hmm. was Sailor Moon, but mm-hmm. I did not know 
that Mobile Gundam was part of the anime style that was in response to what happened in World War II. So you told me uh, before we started this podcast that there's two kinds of social response anime. I don't know if that's like the actual term. We're going to make it an academic term because we're in a podcast and we're going to make our own rules. Sure. So what really intrigued me was my friend Jeff said that uh, Mobile Gundam, which was like a um, anime where there were robots that were doing certain missions in response mm-hmm. to the narrative was from the writer in response to the horrors of nuclear warfare and also uh, Godzilla also was in response to the horrors of nuclear warfare mm-hmm. whether or not that's right or wrong is neither here nor there the japanese people suffered a lot under what happened yeah and the the, the whole thing with ha- what happened in the pacific it's very complicated it's very difficult and then it culminated into the response that was given in world war ii there's that I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the response of the Japanese people to that. Just, you know, so people don't get muddied in the language and like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, and are you saying that we shouldn't have done what we did as an American in World War II? I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is how the Japanese people responded to that in their culture and anime. I did not realize was a big part of that. So It was a can, huge part. Okay, so can you elaborate on that? Mm-hmm. You are way more of an authority on that than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Uh, if we're going to come up with examples, which I did, I did come up with a short list. Um, there was kind of like a mix of how they would respond to things. Um, look at Grave of the Fireflies, which if any of you anime fans or nerd friends or whatever have even heard of it, you know for certain, A, it has to do with World War II, and B, bring your tissues because it's sad. Um but it's it's literally in your face about World War II and how a uh, brother and sister character get through it and how they deal with it and how they cope with it. Things happen along the way. People die along the way. You see some gruesome, gruesome things that happen in, in the movie in general. And it's just Gosh. so it's so amazingly done to the point where after you're done watching it, at least for me, I realize I'm not the only person in this world, you know, like uh. other people went through things worse than I ever have. And, and also I never realized how bad World War II hit Jeff, Japan. Like I knew it hit them badly, but I didn't know to the extent after watching this movie, I realized. Uh. So, I mean, that was one thing. It was very in your face. And then when you look at some other things like Akira or um, Neon Genesis Evangelion, those are two animes where very psychological dramas, um, they uh, kind of play into the apocalyptic world. They are both kind of mecha in a way. Mostly um, Neon Genesis is very uh, mecha and um and uh akira is very um psychological in the way um it they're both they both are kind of in the sense of saving the world from some kind of nuclear attack oh wow so like yeah some kind of apocalyptic warfare yes so i mean it's very much symbolic to world war ii Mm -hmm. not quite in your face like grave of the fireflies 
but symbolic. So, so there was two kind of ways. It was either in your face or it was symbolic in a way. Mm -hmm. There's some kind of correlation, very much parallels. Mm -hmm. And honestly, when you watch like Neon Genesis or Akira, you don't really notice it until like maybe the second watch through and then you're understanding uh, oh i see what's going on here so so you think it's um you start to notice what the writer is the narrative that they're trying to work out as right. they're writing this story right correct no because i think i think it's horrifying for everybody on all sides of the the coin like you know the, the germans the chinese the the japanese the, everybody on in the americans everybody that was all sides of this conflict like there was loss and there was yeah just and and you know the jews during world war ii and the holocaust there was this horrific loss on all sides of it which was horrifying but um so yeah like can you elaborate more on what that narrative was that everybody was working through like you mentioned neon genesis akira and all these different ones like mm -hmm. what did you notice with that um i mean i noticed that um like in akira how um i haven't watched the movie in a long time but it was very like uh he the main character kind of escapes a hospital and whatnot um and he fights back and whatnot and he he realizes that he has these powers that could save people huh. and so he leaves this hospital who they think he's crazy and whatnot essentially oh. um he leaves the hospital tries to save people and he uh and at the end you notice that what he's trying to save the world from is this is this bomb this right which if you oh, don't know crap. about world war ii well <laughs> <laughs> so um if that's not elaborating then and you don't notice you don't realize it you really don't i mean i didn't even notice it in the first one um in the first watch through so there's that and then neon genesis um it's mostly it's got the robots, it's got the mecha, the same thing as the, um, as the, 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 oh my god, why can't I think of what it's called? The thing you were just talking about, what your friend was talking about. Oh, um, the apocalyptic, like the, um, mm, oh, the, uh, uh crap. <laughs> It is eleven thirty uh, at night. In the Gundam, the robots. Gundam, um, Gundams. Yes. Um, they kind of like Gundams. Um, not quite. They're not. I don't think they're really. They are Gundams, but they are they're mechas. Um, and it talks a lot about. So that would be robots, um, right? Yes. Okay. It talks a lot about the Jewish and Christian um uh, myth, myth uh, mystical traditions and stuff and like really? it has a lot of yeah, it has a lot of that. I actually think you'd be interested. It's it's very dark, but I think you would be interested in watching it. So, okay, so you're talking about Nakira, right? No, I'm talking about uh yeah. Neon Genesis. So in Neon Genesis what the robots are a symbolism for that? Yeah, kind of. Um really? and they have that symbolism they ha they have um the mechas are kind of like um troops like the japanese troops oh. so and they talk about like their traditions of jewish and christian cultures and stuff and um, that's in japanese culture because i it's not quite in japanese culture but it's symbolic to world war ii in a way if you think about it for a really? second yeah okay. explain that 
well, if you can. About, <laughs> yeah, well, in Jewish and Christian culture, it was a really big thing back then because that was the whole thing of what was going, well, mostly in Jewish culture of what was going on with the Holocaust. So um, I don't, because they're so old, I have not seen these animes in a long time. So yeah, I'm not I was really... looking up, this one was like 1988 or something. Akira, yeah. And then. Yeah. Um, Neon Genesis is from 1995. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I haven't seen these in a really long time. So I apologize to any really major anime fans out there, but I, I'm not an expert, but. Um, Would but you yeah. know more than I do? <laughs> But if you if you should look back on it, um, I mean they talk about um uh they talk about what basically a symbolic way of what happened during the Holocaust, but wow. using like robots and mecha and anime uh animation and stuff. Hmm. So, so what, what what things are, are certain symbolisms? So if um, you were someone who was part of Japanese culture, what are like maybe three symbols you can think of that show up in anime? So, and, uh, and like, if you look at Carl Jung's tradition of the archetypes, what mm-hmm. are a couple symbols of these symbols of destruction or like well, redemption? What, what, what can you think of in, in the anime that shows up? So if we're talking about Neon Genesis, they have one thing, uh, the Evangelion, which is the oh. Meccas. Th- those are what the, the Meccas are called. Mm. Those are basically symbolic to angels. So, in which goes into Christianity, and I think also Judaism. I could be wrong. And well, also I would think the Muslim tradition as well. Yes. So, um, so there's that. There's also the stuff about. Uh, I'm looking at their Wikipedia, but it says it recasts a saintly inventor father as a sinister figure, Oof. and the enthusiastic teenage protagonist as a of uh, I, as an introvert and a destruction of classic mecha anime troops so so it's saying how the traditional culture like you know the the father and the patriarchy and the men are it it, it failed them at that point to, yes. to be a salvation yes so i mean that's kind of symbolic in a way um with all the archetypes and everything of mm. everything going on it's very jewish and christian tradition forward oh Um, wow i can't really remember exactly because like i said it's been a long time (laughs) um but is is there another anime that there the the you know better that presents uh, those a little bit better for you let me think um hmm if we're talking about world war ii yeah because that i've i've seen recently um, maybe Grave of the Fireflies would be the only thing closer, but that's very much in your face. Um, yeah, that but, I was I was looking that up while you were talking about. It. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> oh, it's a lot to handle. Um, I guess I mean Akira has symbolic things too, in the sense of um, guy goes to try and to save the world from destruction. Um, Guy finds out he has powers. Guy also finds out that he could save people with these powers. Um, but really what he's trying to save everybody from is a bomb. So, which Ooh. is pretty symbolic to World War II. Right. Um, 
there's also Berserk, which is kind of based in more of the Renaissance era. Um, it's a dark fantasy world, kind of medieval Europe set, but it's it is also has these um, these plots and these uh, dark dark things of um, World War II in a way of like the hero is trying to save people from this war that is going on currently. So that's also kind of symbolic with the troops and whatnot being the enemy and also the people with him. And so it's, there's also Berserk, um, which is about war, um, which again is another thing from World War II. And that one was made in 1989, another, um, one that was made years ago i think the manga was created in oh no sorry the anime was made in 1997 and the manga was created in 1988 oh see that's interesting because berserk touches on so uh tell me if this lines up with the actual theme of that anime Mm -hmm. uh i don't know if it ties into what i'm talking about with the world war ii narrative but berserk actually comes from uh, berserkers were people who were a little under the influence of some kind of uh, sort of methamphetamine type thing. Mm-hmm. If you were a Viking, so you would probably be able to topple bears, which is not a normal human type of uh, activity, which, you know, I have to put the asterisks in here and say, I don't advocate that. I'm just telling you about history, folks. Relax. So these were the people who were maybe existed 1,000, 1,500, maybe 2,000 years ago who were Vikings. And they would do some kind of substance and they'd be able to fight bears. And they called them berserkers. They didn't fight just bears. They would just annihilate entire villages. They were part of that whole Viking culture. So, all right. Amy, you got to tell me, how did the Japanese get a hold of the whole berserker thing? How did this happen? Do you know? Um, well, this one is actually kind of based in the Hundred Year War, so it wouldn't be too far off. Oh, okay. Okay. Tell me. Tell me about that. Uh, well, do you know anything about the Hundred Year War? I want to act like I do, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you know anything about St. Joan of Arc? That I do know that she got visions and whatnot. She was part of the Hundred Year War. Okay. Um, I don't remember too much from history class of the Hundred Year War. And she was burned at the stake. Oh, it was between the French and the English, yes. Right. So um, European, Hundred Year War, it was, they call it the Hundred Year War because it felt like it lasted for a hundred years. It was, I think it was only... Was it like an an evangelical versus Catholic thing again? I know I learned it, but it's been like 15 years. I believe it was, but it was, I think it was against, yeah, I believe it was like a Christian war. But it was, um, I think I believe only lasted like seven years. Like it didn't last that long. But it felt like a hundred. Right. So therefore it was the hundred year war. Um, But it's based off it. Yeah, so it's based off of that. So it wouldn't be too far off from Vikings, really. What? Okay, so this berserk enemy is not that far from that? Really? No, I think I think it would be like when did when were Vikings? Like sixteen hundreds? Before that even they might have been the eleven hundreds, twelve hundreds. Yeah, berserkers were berserkers were about like eleven hundreds, seven hundreds. 
Okay. So, I mean, it would have been like maybe, I want to say it would have been like 1500, 1600, but still. So it comes from the uh, the Old Norse berserkers. This is, again, according to Wikipedia. Berserkers were those who said to have fought tr- in a trance-like fury, which I'm going to fully say had something to do with a substance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's even an, an engraving here where they were fighting bears. Uh, I cannot believe we went from Japanese anime World War II to Vikings. How did were this they, happen? Were they called war demons by chance? Uh, that, let's look. Uh, they were, they were, ah, nope, I haven't seen that. No, I don't okay. see that. Um, berserkers were those to have said to have fought in a trance-like fury and a characteristic which later gave rise to the modern English word berserk, meaning furiously violent or out of control. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, they were bear, wolf, and boar warriors. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense, honestly, from the show. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, but knowing the show and knowing what it has to do with, Yeah. I mean, it talks. It talks a lot about um, about the Hundred Year War. What? Okay. Yeah. Inform so, me. That's interesting. Well, and so the Hundred Year War also had to deal with witches and whatnot too. I mean, it wasn't uh, just about right. Christians and stuff. Really? And Christians and Catholics. Okay, so Joan of Arc would tackle into that because she had the visions. Right, and people thought she was a witch, which is why she was burned at the stake. It was during that time period. So. Oh. Okay, so how does that Berserker's anime tie into that? How did they get a hold of that? How did that all come about? I mean, the Japanese aren't stupid. They know some things. <laughs> I just, I guess. But, I mean, they, I, I would assume that they just thought it was an interesting storyline. And they, and they saw the comparison between the Hundred Year War and World War II, which isn't too far off of a... Really? Yeah, if you think about World War II, it also had to do with Christianity judaism all that so i mean it's a little bit of a stretch but it's not too far off either so i guess um since you know a bit about anime how would what what would the okay there's a couple different things to tear apart with that there's a lot of different ideas so there is so berserks uh what happens in this berserk anime what what is the plot line um so it's a long plot um it has to do with um this guy named guts who is a warrior guts guts like g-u-g-u-t-s like oh guts as in you got them in your in your belly okay yes (laughs) sorry Um, (laughs) (laughs) it is also 11 30 at night um but Guts is a warrior and he has faced the impossible since he was found beneath his hanging mother by a mercenary's wife. Oh, so so that's his beginning. Um, so he, uh, excuse me, anyway, sorry, my computer was being dumb for a second. It's okay. Um, (laughs) we have we all have our moments. Um, so the mercenary uh, agreed to adopt him, but after his wife's death, um, he forced the child guts to fight as a mercenary. Um, so that was a big thing uh, in the sense of like how he grew up. So he saw his mother die by this mercenary. This mercenary adopted him and then uh, had him fight as a mercenary. And that's basically what Berserk is, is going as a killing as a mercenary. Oh, well then. So, um, 
And so he lost his leg in battle or the, the mercenary lost his leg in battle and becomes uh, a shadow of his cruel self and sells guts to a rapist for three coins. Oh, goodness. Um, guts flees and after killing his adoptive father in defense, eventually growing into a young mercenary who earned a freesome reputation while fighting. Oh, so, okay, yep, that yep. ties totally into the whole berserk thing. Mm-hmm. So that that's a huge that's a huge thing a huge chunk there so that all makes sense right to berserk oh yeah um so then um later after he goes through his life um in time um oh then they hired him by the kingdom of midland to help with win the hundred year war against the true empire so during this time guts bonds with the band of the hawk and learns the griffin's um mysterious pendant the crimson ballot uh along with griffin's dream to rule the kingdom of his own so he joins this these people and was like i'll help you i'll win this hundred year war that you're talking about and that's how it all ties into the Hundred Year War. So he Oof. goes in to be basically a berserker to the Hundred Year War. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And he's only a child. Like, he's not that, like, he's not that old in the anime. I think he's, like, at this time in the anime, he's, like, 18. Gracious. So... I mean, that's the basic plot of it is he just joins these people and he meets people along the way and whatnot. But he meets these, these group of people and they let him go fight in the Hundred Year War. Oh, goodness. As a berserker. I mean, it's so that's wow. basically the basic plot of it. Yeah. And they talk about, they go through the whole like Christian tradition because in Hundred Year War, you kind of have to you talk about Christianity. You talk about God's hands and the apostles. And so. Well, I feel like that one's a little bit more of a, um, that one's definitely more of a, a comparison and an interpretive of the narrative on the Hundred Years War and what was mm-hmm. going on with European culture. I feel like it would be a little bit more of a stretch with World War II, but I don't know enough about the anime to be able to be an educated opinion, but that's just me on face value. But right. you, you did mention something before about what present anime, you told me a list of present anime that speaks mm-hmm. about culture and what, how Japanese anime is responding to what they're going through now. So do you have a couple animes? Cause I, you had a list. So I did. I mean, there is, there's a few, there is one that I, I told you that I added to the list (laughs) that I, it's my third favorite anime. Um, It's called Erased. And as in the eraser, you know, the thing you try to get the pencil. Yeah. Like an actual piece of rubber. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's, that's really good. It's about um, this guy who is able to time travel back in time when he feels like he something's about to happen something bad is going to happen at the very beginning of the anime it's like the very first scene it gives the example of he's um he's a pizza delivery driver 
And so he's delivering pizza on his little motorcycle, which happens in Japan. That's a normal thing. That doesn't happen around here. It's starting <laughs> to, thanks to COVID. It is. Is it really? Uh, kind of. I mean, there's more delivery happening at least. Oh, well. Well, you see it a lot in China too. Interesting. Yeah. Well, he, he delivers pizza on this bike and he's delivering pizza that, that day and he sees this truck go past him and he finds it odd and his he goes through this revival in a way which revival to him is going back in time to figure out what is wrong he goes back in time goes through his revival and realizes that there's something off with the driver the driver passes out at the wheel and almost hits a boy oh so he goes up to the driver tries to get him to wake up and grabs was able to grab the steering wheel to make him go a different direction so he doesn't hit the boy now that gets him hurt and in the hospital but he was fine yeah so um so then he because he was in the hospital his mom comes and takes care of him and comes over to his apartment to take care of him and this rushes back all these memories that he had from when he was a child of um all these children getting kidnapped and disappearing and from his school and everything, all of his friends, like oh. people that he knew would, were disappearing. Um, and so the anime goes on into explaining that a little bit more. And with the whole save your children, save our children ordeal going on, I thought that this would be kind of appropriate to talk about. Now, this anime was made in 2013, but it's still prevalent. Um, but so he thinks about all of this and then all of a sudden um, his mom and him start investigating everything going on. His mom starts getting suspicious and she mm. thinks she, she mm. knows who, who the kidnapper is. So she is about to report who this is. And um, the, like that day he finds her mom, his mom in his apartment, dead, stabbed. Um, he was blamed, he was blamed for the murder and he instantly went back in time to when he was a child and when he, um, when all of this disappearances were going on. Oh no. So, um, so it's a big, it's a big show about a mystery of trying to find who done it, who's the killer, who's the guy who's been kidnapping all these children and it's really interesting because if you if you haven't seen it um it's really interesting to see um who's the killer what goes on in their mind and one of my favorite things and i don't know if you ever plan on watching this this is a spoiler to anybody that's watching it so please skip ahead if you (laughs) if you want to watch this because it's really good anime um there's a scene like i think it's like second to last episode and the killer at the very beginning of the episode is talking about how when he was he was uh, the age that this main character is now at his age he would be in school and there's a girl that had all these hamsters that she wanted to get rid of so he took all these hamsters hamsters again ham taro hamsters (laughs) <laughs> oh, it, it's not a friendly thing though <laughs> he wanted oh, to no! he wanted to use them as an experiment oh. 
because he found it fun. So he took all the hamsters, he put water in a jar, he dumped them all in there, and he wanted to see who would survive. And so one hamster survived by crawling up on their dead brothers and whatnot's bodies and was the only one that survived. So he kept it as a pet and, and just watched it until the day it disappeared. So he compared that to this kid who's been trying to find out that he's the killer. And he wanted to keep him as a pet and keep him alive to watch him. And it's it's really interesting because you find out, oh, what a baby. (laughs) Sorry, those of you who don't know, Stella showed up, my cat. Baby. She's just like, hello, I'm so cute. (laughs) But um, the killer showed up as the teacher, the the teacher of that, like their homeroom teacher. Um. And their homeroom teacher has been kidnapping and killing children and um, tried to kill the main character. The main character didn't take that well. He still lived, lost 10 years of his life from being unconscious, but lived. Well, small consolations. Right. So, um, but it's it is a good anime and it comes in the correlation with the save our children ordeal that has been going on recently with everything going on with the celebrities and whatnot mm-hmm. and um i think it also goes well with the i don't know if you ever heard but the um if you see something say something ordeal too right yeah so i mean and that's big right now with everybody disappearing people are getting kidnapped trafficking it's a big thing now and it's scary it's unfortunate it's scary but i think in a way with having an anime like this it's kind of comforting to know you know maybe the killer or the kidnapper or the trafficker will be found soon and will get their very first desserts Oh, and, mm-hmm. and yes, and yes, the main character does save his friends and whatnot from getting kidnapped. Right. And so it changes the future completely and whatnot, and all things are good. But it's still, you know, it, it correlates so well with today's world. Oh, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. because, we, you know, we're dealing with a lot of that. We've heard a lot of oof, scary news stories and a lot of yeah a lot of things Mm -hmm. about what's happening with children getting trafficked trafficked and whatnot so that yeah that's it's scary it's scary but it's it's something i mean there's that one um was uh another modern anime that speaks to issues that we're having today so we had talked about the world war ii thing mm -hmm. but what's also happening today covid let's talk about covid for a second oh hot minute (laughs) there's an anime called cells at work which actually I think you would, you would really like it. Okay. Um, but it's, it's about, um, basically, it's an educational anime about your health. Cells at work. Okay, I'm going to totally look that up mm-hmm. while you're talking about it. Cells at work. Um, it's about uh, the blood cells and how they work and how they work in your body, how to keep yourself what? healthy. Mm-hmm. There's it's a white ed- blood cell and a red blood cell. Please. There is. Ah! You would really like it. I think you'd be very interested in it. Look at me, I'm geeking out. 
it's really good and it is funny it's educational it's it's good for all anybody who's interested in learning about it and honestly with COVID happening and whatnot what's the best way to bring something out you know oh my goodness okay so tell me more about this so it's it's literally just an educational anime it's about teaching people about themselves their human bodies and what they can do to it and what they can't do to it what keeps them living what can't keep them living their health their benefits all of that um and they do it with the sense of characters with the red blood cell the white blood cell um their their team their their cells at work and everything and um it kind of gives it in the sense of everybody's understanding so for instance I don't do well with science. I've never been good as a science person. When I watched Cells at Work, I understood what was going on because they took it more in the field of an office job or a job that is a retail job or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And they explain it in that way and it makes so much more sense. This is on Netflix! It is on Netflix. (laughs) It's really good. You should watch it. I think you would like it. Oh my goodness, I'm already geeking out. Yes. I mean, that's, I mean, with the COVID and everything, what's a better anime? That is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So Cells at Work, it's just about your health and how to treat your body and how to treat it right. So I fully recommend Cells at Work for those who are curious about their body and how to take care of it. Um especially if you don't fully understand what your doctor is telling you um maybe watching cells at work might put it in a better perspective for you that is fantastic Mm -hmm. i knew i didn't know anything about that yes cells at work it's so good it's nobody knows about it and it's (laughs) it's so good (laughs) that is awesome well i guess to tie things up because you know i think we can give this another 10 minutes how about tell us Mm, your favorite anime and why why do you love anime you can tell us those different things your favorite anime and why Ah! oh no (coughs) i just lost amy all right so we had some technical difficulties amy's (laughs) computer decided to update out of nowhere so we're gonna get back into it now (laughs) so i had asked amy what her favorite anime was and why so let's get back into that <laughs> now that we've recovered. I'm so sorry. Which is a-okay. Um, okay, favorite anime and why? Um, okay, so I have, I have a list. Um, probably number one favorite anime is probably Oran High School Host Club. Oh, what? Or, Oran? Oran High School Host Club. Oron High School. What? Host Club. Oron High. Why? I have never heard of this. Why? Oh, it's so good. Um, basically, is a romantic comedy that makes fun of romantic comedies. So, oh, oh, okay. It's <laughs> the best way that I could explain it. Which has nothing to do with World War Two. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It has nothing to do with World War Two. As it's surprises a lot of people that I even like it <laughs> I've never heard of it so it's so likable um so Oran High School Host Club is about a host club um which do you know anything about host clubs in Japan 
No. Okay, so host clubs in Japan basically um, is to make the other gender drink a lot and feel comfortable and have just friendly communication. That's it. They just oh. are there to be your friend. Oh. Right. They um, allow that in high schools? Well, this is an exception because there's no alcohol. There's just tea and cookies and uh. cakes. Um, and these male host club members um, entertain the women with um, like kind of like compassion and caring and um, maybe a little bit of uh, you're gorgeous and stuff like that just to make them feel comfortable. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and then the main character, Haruhi, who is a female, um, right. she comes to the school. Now, you need a, we need to narrow this down. The school isn't for rich kids. It's a rich kid school. They make that very clear <laughs> in the anime. It's this whole thing. They make fun of rich kids. They make fun of poor people. It's a huge thing. So she comes in and she's this poor girl. She's very poor. She's in poverty. And she comes into the school and uh, she just right. wants to find a place to study. Well, she stumbles upon a music room which is the abandoned music room, which is used for the host club. Right. So she goes into this music room, hoping that she can find a place to study, realizes that this isn't the place to study, stumbles upon the host club, and she gets nervous and knocks over a 10,000 or 10 million yen vase. Oh. And she, and so the host club looks at her and they're like, that's 10 million yen. You gonna pay for that? <laughs> and so she's like, no. And they are like, well, you want to be part of the host club? You could pay us back with your body and work. <laughs> oh goodness! Oh, you could be our dog. That's literally what they tell her. You could be our dog. So, so she becomes a member of the host club. They they thinking that she is a male, by the way, because of her short hair. She's low voice. Just from her appearance, how she talks, how she keeps herself steady. Yeah. They think that she's a man. Oh, my. So they invite her to the host club thinking that she is a man. Oh, Finding my. Finding out that she is actually a female later how in they... the episode. Oh, goodness. Because they, they gave her a uniform to wear. And then they opened the curtain thinking that she was a man. And they were like, hey, are you done yet? We got to go eat something. And then... They found that she's wearing a bra and everything and realized that she is a woman. Oh, my. And so, <laughs> and it's literally a romantic comedy that makes fun of romantic comedies. So it's a really funny, good, close to heart anime. I've read the manga religiously. I watched the show multiple times. I love it. And I will always love it. Um, it's that one anime just like gets me happy and um, makes me laugh. It's always there when I need it. <laughs> Helps me fall asleep. I mean, there's that one. There's Toradora, which makes me think of myself. The main character is very small yet aggressive. <laughs> yet has a That's lot. That's not of... you at all. 
oh no, she has anger issues like I do. She's very <laughs> stubborn. No, I'm teasing. I mean, you're not wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> but then she also has a sweet spot. She cries a lot. She has a lot of family problems. She right. goes through a lot of things. That's where I find a lot of, um, I can see myself in her. Right. So Toradora would be another one that I, is, is also a romantic comedy. Um, but I also can see that too. And that, <laughs> that goes into romantic comedy drama because there's oh also my. a lot of serious parts in it as well. So that's some anime that I don't know. So I was looking that up while you were talking about it. I was like, I haven't heard of any of these. I gotta, I gotta Google that. <laughs> you should watch Oran. I think that's also a Netflix. The, is it? I think so. I think, Oran. I believe it is. Let me look. It is. It is. I got yes. to check it out. I think Toradora is also a Netflix. Well, I you know should I'm also gonna, check that out. I know what I'm going to catch before I go to sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> just watch, honestly, just watch the first episode. You'll be hooked. <laughs> every person that I have, every person that I have turned to anime, I tell them, watch the first episode of Oran. That is your introduction to anime. If you need anything else, watch whatever you want but i'm just telling you right now if you want a good introduction of anime watch oron <laughs> it's got everything you need <laughs> to know about the whole anime culture yeah i'm being serious <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... like watch oron watch oron huh yeah for me my first introduction was sailor moon oron's a whole different kind of bag of potatoes well, Oran was the first anime that I watched as a older person. Older I started. Person. I watched it when I was in junior high, so that was like when I first like realized that anime was anime. Yeah, like Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon and whatnot. That was when I was a child, so I didn't correlate that that was anime. <laughs> right. <laughs> so watch huh. Oran. Watch Oran. Give okay. it give it a good watch. I'll have to broaden my horizons. <laughs> let me let me know your feels. And we're also I also need to take you to a con one of these days. It would be oh, fun. it seems like we're gonna have to put that into another podcast because we spent this whole hour talking about anime. So anime. Yes. I mean if you want to, I could tell you about cosplay culture next time. Yeah, we gotta do that because <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be funny. <laughs> that's a whole another ball field of but crazy oh yeah well i'm gonna i'm gonna need to be built you're gonna have to give me base knowledge on that because i didn't even i would not even know where to begin (laughs) it's fine it's (sighs) it's a field (laughs) well i look forward to learning about it so thank you amy for giving us a crash course in in anime and for some people maybe reintroducing or uh, for a lot of people, it's probably introducing. So thank you. Thank you for telling us yeah. about that and for helping me to shed light on these World War II narratives and getting started on anime narratives. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everyone, please, um, you know, watch Oran. If you would like to know more about anime, I do post a lot on my Twitter. So you can follow me at Jane Doe the Ghost if you're interested. Yes. I, I post a lot of memes on there too. If you just want to come for the memes, that's fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So thank you, Amy. This has been great. Thank you for making the time, especially at such a late hour, to talk about this. Oh, it's fine. It's not like I have anywhere to go tomorrow anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Well, thank you so much. It has been an awesome time. And thank you for joining us on High Resolution Life. This is way past my bedtime. I'm about to fall asleep. So I think we're going to call it over and out tonight, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's fine with me. <gasps> All right. Thanks, Amy. And thank you, everyone, for listening. So we'll see you next time on High Resolution Life. So bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>